Is it awesome? Um, I, you know, given the fact that I don't know what I'm doing and I can't sing and I don't really know how to produce music, um, I think it came out okay. <laughs> to the collect call this podcast is an offering of the acts 8 movement proclaiming resurrection in the episcopal church i'm holly powell i'm a layperson and a member of christ church cathedral in lexington kentucky and i'm brendan o'sullivan hale and i am also a layperson and i'm a member of the episcopal church of all saints in indianapolis indiana and this week we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff yeah it's kind of a grab bag of an episode here it's true but you know what we figure that you guys are probably going to be listening to this either, you know, traveling for the holidays or, um, you know, maybe at a quiet day in the office because a lot of people are off work. So we're just going to throw a bunch of stuff at you and see what sticks. Yep. So we thought we might start off and I, I'm pretty sure this is going to alienate our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm pretty sure our audience doesn't give a rat's ass about the liturgical calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Have you met our audience, Brendan? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair point. But... No, but we thought we would talk today about how the shortest season of the church year starts off in terms of we've got this sequence of four days. Yeah. Of, uh, of Christmas and then three holy days following that I think is really interesting. Right. So December 25th, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but it's Christmas. What? I know. I know. Um, and then the day after what the, uh, the Brits would call Boxing Day, or I guess Canada calls it Boxing Day too, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Hang on, let's Wikipedia that. Yeah, okay. And I don't know why. Is it boxing like the fighting? Boxing Day is celebrated in all Commonwealth countries, so that includes Canada. Okay. And it appears, again, according to Wikipedia here, uh, to be a day that um, people would give a Christmas box to their servants. Oh. Oh, So... I think the more common thing is, like, it's like kind of like a Black Friday in the U.S., like I recall that they're they're being so I have a lot of Canadian friends that I follow on Facebook and Twitter and they're always talking talking about these like massive Boxing Day sales. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, in the UK, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday, much like Black uh-huh. Friday in the United States. Okay. So um, you win! Yay, Boxing Day! <laughs> <laughs> but. It's not just Boxing Day, guys. It is also St. Stephen's Day, which is um, a, a saint's day in our liturgical calendar. St. Stephen is is or was the first Christian martyr. Yep. So um, that's kind of a weird thing to celebrate the day after the Messiah was born, eh? Uh, I, I would think so. Uh, it, it's... Um... <coughs> Oh, God, I'm dying. Hang on. (laughs) Brendan's dying, so while he's gone, I'm going to sing you a song. Deck the halls with Brendan and Holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la. 
Tis the season to be infected with some sort of virus. Yay. <laughs> fa la 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 la. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Um, what were we talking about? St. Stephen, the first Christian Oh, order. yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that one of the things that is just interesting what's happening in the liturgical calendar here is that we are, you know, taking a day to celebrate the birth of Jesus and being all super happy about it. And then immediately the calendar pulls the rug out from under us and says, by the way, this little baby's going to cost you something. Yeah, right? Like, so the, the very next day's lectionary in Acts, it's chapter 6 and 7. You know, Stephen, who's full of Jesus, is all like, Wee, I'm amazing, and I'm doing these miracles because of the baby, Jesus. And then, I don't know if y'all noticed, but that's not a super popular thing. And that has been uh, the same back in the ancient times to today. Uh, They're like, hey, man, you're you're like doing some bad stuff. And, And he's all whatever jesus then so like the cool thing about stephen is that these people are like descending on him and they're they're getting ready to beat the crap out of him and does stephen back down no he does not he's Uh, like stephen does look i see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of god and then they stone him to death yeah but but what's actually really interesting here is so at the very end of what you'll get in the lectionary if you attend uh, your local parish's St. Stephen's Day service, which your parish may or may not have, but it should. I'm pretty sure mine does it. Mine does, but but we celebrate all the days. So Yeah, you do. Anyway, um, is that at the very end, as Stephen is dying, uh, Stephen kneels down and cries out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And so we're seeing in Stephen's death an emulation of of Jesus' death as well. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it it's kind of a uh, like a precursor or a, a flash forward, something like that. I and mean, if you look at where it falls in the liturgical calendar, it's it's eye opening. I and mean, if you really want to follow this baby, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than just saying Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. What? I thought that was like the pinnacle of Christianity. Uh, yeah, not so much. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next day you get uh, the feast day of St. John the Evangelist, which is December 27th. And that one's a little happier. Yeah, you know, John is the, you know, a.k.a. the disciple who Jesus loved, which like, get over yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, he's he's the uh, one of Jesus's twelve disciples, and um, there's not quite so much that um, we have to say that's like sadness about John. No, but John, of course, is the great interpreter of what of who Jesus is and what he means in his place in the universe. But so John is worth acknowledging because John is the one who thinks really hard philosophically about what the meaning of Jesus as the Christ is. And so, you know, we're kind of acknowledging that, that again, the baby Jesus means something really big. Right. And, of course, John writes my favorite 
one of my favorite gospel passages about, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, well, supposedly he wrote that. I guess there's like some some question about that. I actually don't know much about that. All I know is that um, that there are some questions about who wrote John, who wrote the Gospel of John, who wrote the letters to the first, second, and third John, and then who wrote Revelation, and whether those are all the same person or not. Oh, yeah. Well, so they they definitely seem to come from the same school, for lack of a better term. Uh, But yeah, they may not be the same person. Right, right. So, and so then the next day, the, the Wednesday after Christmas this year, the 28th, we get the Feast of the Holy Innocents, which is a cool, like, light-hearted feast day. Uh, yeah. We remember today, O oh God, the slaughter of the Holy Innocents of Bethlehem by King Herod. Receive, we pray, into the arms of your mercy all innocent victims, and by your great might frustrate the designs of evil tyrants and establish your rule of justice, love, and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Right. So for those who may not be super familiar with this, um, in the second chapter of Matthew, so basically um, right after Jesus is born, uh, Joseph and Mary and Jesus flee to Egypt, and Herod uh, directs that all children under the age of two be slaughtered. Right, because he is trying to kill the baby Jesus, who he doesn't know is no longer in the country. Yeah. So here's an interesting little fact, that the holy innocents, a.k.a. all the children under the age of two who were slaughtered in this uh, historical event, are were all Jewish, correct? Uh, yeah, presumably. But they're Christian martyrs. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, but they're different. They are completely different from, say, Stephen. Stephen dies for the faith. He he takes Uh the actions that lead to to his death, and he is faithful to the very end. These are not martyrs in that sense. And I think that might be why the Collect refers to them as innocent victims. Mm-hmm. So these people died because of Jesus, but they didn't die. Bef- they didn't die for Jesus, and there's a there's a big difference there. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Okay, uh, so I'm looking here in uh, our frequent reference volume, "Stars in a Dark World" by Father John Julian, and he notes that since the murdered children were not martyrs in the usual sense of having voluntarily given their lives for Christ. Their status has always been a bit ambiguous, and until 1960, their day was kept as a penitential day, with purple vestments and the Kyrie eleison. Uh, in Rome, there was even a medieval tradition that flesh meat was not eaten on this day. However, since that time, it has become generally the practice to treat the holy innocents as unwitting martyrs, dying on account of the infant Jesus, and their feast is now universally celebrated in the West with the red vestments of martyrdom and the singing of uh, Gloria in Excelsis. Well, regardless, it's a it's a sad day. That's for sure. Um, although the Wikipedia tells me that that 
since this event uh, is only recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, there are a lot of historians who say that it's part of a creative arc and not an actual thing that happened. Yeah, uh, so there's no um, there, there's no archaeological evidence of this happening. Uh, but again, so this is the slaughtering of the children of Bethlehem. And uh, John Julian notes that um, in a town of the size of Bethlehem back then, this would have been a murder of maybe a couple dozen children at most. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, a couple dozen kids is a lot of kids. But still, uh, it is the sort of event uh, that could easily have escaped the notice of history. Yeah. Um, Especially given that there are other records of Herod's cruelty. Right, like he killed his three sons. Yep. Three three of his sons, anyway. I guess that's not all of them, but right. yeah. Um, well, so here's some, that's some fun stuff happening uh, after Christmas, in yeah. case you're, you're getting the post-Christmas blues and you're feeling a little, you know, like you're, you're feeling a little out of touch. Um, these are some... <laughs> Great touch points to bring you back. <laughs> yep. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> so speaking of things giving birth to other things, I have a very random question for you, Brendan. Yes. Um, would you tell me and your listeners about the mother in your kitchen? Um, well... Listeners, I, w- I will put a picture in the show notes so you can see this. And I'm, I'm really unsure where Holly wants to go with this. <laughs> but I have been making my own vinegar uh, for the last six months or so. And if you have never done this, it involves um, large colonies of acetic acid bacteria that form into um, alarming-looking alien disks. And so uh, I, I have a couple of pots of vinegar running in my kitchen right now, and uh, the mother has gotten very Audrey too. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's big. Yeah, I recall when I was visiting you in August for your birthday. Yeah. Um, that you showed it to me, and it looked like a placenta in a jar, and I was disturbed. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's possible that I had been overserved. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all right. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend Tom was really into it, and I was like, "That is a placenta in a jar," and I'm not sure what to say about that. It makes delicious vinegar. <laughs> I've, I've so at that time the vinegar wasn't far enough along yet to use, uh, but I actually have a bottle of it now. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so no, it's productive. That is cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. So can I can I get we... us back on track with Christmas for a minute? Yes, please do. Okay. So, Holly, how many days are there of Christmas? Twelve. Okay, so I have a quiz for you. <gasps> Ooh. In 1789, the first revision to the American Book of Common Prayer occurred. In fact, it was the creation of the American Book of Common Prayer uh, from the Common Pra- Book of Common Prayer of the Church of England. Okay. How many days do you think that took? 40. 
13. What? It's like Christmas plus a day. Christmas plus Epiphany Day was the how long it took to revise the first American Book of Common Prayer. Wow. Yeah. So they just did it during a general convention. Ha! Well, that seems easy enough. Yeah. On the first day of prayer book revision, the SCLM gave to me... Four choices for prayer book revision. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't really have anything further to say about this other than that... um, you know, as we mentioned last episode, uh, as we get ourselves organized and figure out a new format for this show, we're going to be talking a lot more about other sections of the prayer book, and we hope to get you all involved in that conversation. Yes. Uh, because whether we revise the prayer book or we don't revise the prayer book, it would be really good for us to dig deep into the BCP uh, so that we kind of know what we're doing here. Totally. Speaking of Christmas also, you did a Christmas thing. I well yeah sort of um so last year we uh submitted the the collect call and our listeners submitted a christmas song to the badgerland christmas album for the first time uh, and if badgerland sa- sounds familiar to you that's because our theme music comes from badgerland and they assemble they being Aaron DeVries assembles a christmas album every year of things that people submit to him. And so uh, Marlena Maynard and the official linguist of the Collect Call and I uh, submitted a Christmas song again. Actually, it's technically an Advent song, but it mentions the baby Jesus, so we figured we'd go with it. Awesome. Uh, So so the song is uh, The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns, and we're going to play it for you right now. Yay! Oh, 
Brendan, it's so great. I love it so much. It's going to be like replacing Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree for... Totally. 100%. Yeah. I don't know why that song came to me. I don't like that song. <laughs> I mean, who does? Yeah. Ugh. Well. Do we have anything so, else to say? I don't have anything else to say other than, you know, I hope that um, the folks who are listening to this have an exceptionally Merry Christmas with a, a very uh, distinct lack of martyrdom. Yes, yes. We didn't mean this for for this to be sort of a downer of a Christmas episode. We just think, you know, it's pretty important. You know, have a beautiful Christmas. Have all the sentimental stuff. That is wonderful. Uh, just remember that Christmas is also pointing you to something deeper. And, uh, and the calendar, if you pay attention to it, is not going to let you get away with thinking anything else. Yes, that's so true. That's it for us, this, this uh, go-round. Uh, it is. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at The Collect Call. Uh, or you can send us an email at The Collect Call at acts8movement.org. And Acts 8 Movement is our parent organization. You can find them on the web at acts8movement.org or on Facebook and Twitter at Acts 8 Movement. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And we will look forward very much to having a more regular schedule for you all in the new year. Uh, we certainly will. Until then, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. See you soon. Let all mortal flesh keep silence. And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to 